Turn with me over to Joshua, the 18th chapter. Joshua, the 18th chapter. We're looking at a setting here of scriptures here because the children of Israel, remember the children of Israel had, um, had to wander 40 years in the wilderness again. They had to do it twice. The first 40 years God led them through to prove to them that He was a provider. He was, He would keep them in health. He would do all of these great things for them. But along the way, there were some instances, you know, where God had to discipline and do some things. But then they finally came in and they spied out the land. And uh, they sent 12 spies in. Two of those spies were Joshua and Caleb. The other 10, I didn't get all their names, but I'm sure they're listed somewhere. But they all went in and brought back evidence of what God said was there. Now listen, God's not going to give you something that's make-believe. He's got the proof in the pudding. Amen? And he brought, he let them bring back evidence with the grapes of Eskel coming into their, uh, where the men were, had them on staves bringing them in. I mean, they were so big it took men to bring them in on staves. The, the, how many would like to go to the grocery store and find some grapes like that? And have to have those grocery men put them on staves and bring them out to your car. You probably have to have a pickup to put them in. Or maybe a U-Haul. I don't know. But God gave them proof. God doesn't lie. God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's what He was proving to them. He is the God of all miracles. And then Jesus came along and showed us what He could do. But then Joshua took over and was to lead them across the Jordan. They sent out spies across the land. And uh, and into Jericho to spy it out. Joshua had to get a reaffirmation from the Lord himself. And he said, Joshua, see, I have given this city into your hands. See. Now, he used that word see. See it. See it. See, we, 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 we think we've got to feel it and have physical evidence right there on the spot. But Jesus said, the Lord just saying, see it. I've given it to you. See, I have given it into your hands. I have given. That's past, present, perfect tense if you're an English scholar this morning. I was an English scholar, but I did like English, and I did like, love the grammar and the English and the structure of sentences, and I learned a lot under Miss Mabel Legg, my English teacher. She's a great Christian lady. Went on to be with the Lord at 101. Praise God. Amen. I went to her uh, anniversary before she went. <laughs> I tell you what, she just looked like she always did when she taught. I mean, she hadn't aged a bit. And she retired at 65. And I mean, you know, here she was. And I, I mean, she was just, just there. And, and uh, uh, oh, she was just as strong and happy. She went out of here happy. Praise the Lord. But the past, present, perfect tense is this. You... It's already been given to you, even though it's not manifested. Hallelujah. Now, most of us believe when we see. Most of us believe when we feel. Y'all still here? If I don't feel it, I ain't going to say I got it. 
If I don't see it, I'm not going to say that it's there. No. God told Joshua, see, I have given this land into your hand. I have given. Past, present, perfect tense. I have given. In other words, it's already done. It's there. Even though the walled city's there, although the enemy is occupying it right now, I have given it into your hands. I have already done it. So we've got to start seeing like God sees. Amen. Now, they went across. Jericho fell. But they came back, and they still had some property to possess and to take over. Look what it says down in Joshua, the 18th chapter. Now, the whole, con- the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. But listen to this. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Now, why wouldn't all of them get their inheritance at once? Why wouldn't they all? How many knows that when when the testator dies and people come together in the big room and the attorney begins to read the will, yes, everybody that's there gets what's in the will. Right there. God had already given the land to all of these tribes, but yet seven tribes had not yet received their inheritance, then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your father of your fathers has given you? How long will you neglect to go? How long will you wait? How long will you sit down and not do nothing? How long will you just sit here and not receive what God's already done for you? Now, <laughs> That's what we're going to start off with this morning. What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? Why, why are we not receiving? Now don't shout. But God's a faithful God. Everybody shout that. God is faithful. We need to, I tell you what, we need to proclaim it loud and clear. God is a faithful God. He will perform His Word for all those who believe Him. Now, there's a key. The Word, Jesus has done all that He's going to do. But the key is for me and you to believe. You and I have to put our faith in what He did, not what He's going to do, but what He did. And when we believe that, guess what? We're going to get rise up in faith and claim our inheritance. Hallelujah. It's ours. Now, there's a lot of excuses why many Christians, uh, they don't boldly receive what God's given them. There's a lot of believers that just don't... Re- I had somebody come into me at my church one time. He said, Brother Clarence, I just, uh, I just can't take no more blessings. Because I had a lot of people in line said, sit down, we'll take them. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm afraid there's a lot of people that's in churches today. They're, they're in the same position. I, I, I tell you, I just... I, I don't know. I just don't need no more blessings. 
And there's a lot of excuses that Christians give. Excuses will not satisfy God. Amen? I mean, I remember when I used to have excuses for being late coming home. Excuses. You know, and you couldn't use the same excuse over and over. Ran out of gas. Had a flat tire. Now, those are legitimate excuses if it really happened. But most of the time, it don't really happen. I mean, a lot of the kids, they just make excuses. And uh, I think a lot of time we make excuses uh, for not boldly receiving what God... A lot of people say the day of miracles is over. There's a lot of so-called Christians... Some churches that teach this, the day of miracles, is it stopped when the last apostle of the Bible died. Y'all ever heard that before? It stopped. Miracles ceased. Well, I don't know where they got that because the church of the living God was established on the day of Pentecost. And yes, there were apostles Peter stood up and preached the first message. And then Paul was raised up out of due season. And God raised him up to be an apostle to the churches and, and to minister. But they're still apostles. They're still prophets. They're still evangelists. They're still pastors. They're still teachers. Praise God. An apostolic ministry will actually function in all fivefold ministry. An apostolic ministry can will work in the office of a pastor, evangelist, teacher. Amen. He, he'll be in all five. The gifts of healing, the gifts of miracles. All of these things will be in his life. But God, but God also has placed people in these positions. But the day of miracles is not over because God's still raising up pastors. He's still raising up teachers. He's still raising up apostles. Now, you know, an apostle, I I think sometimes in this apostolic move, you know, I am an apostle. And they emphasize the fact that they're apostles and over all of these people and and all of this. And, and, uh, you know, and and I'm not denying that some of them may not be in an apostolic anointing or an apostolic ministry. But listen, we don't boast on that. It's Jesus that we're lifting up. Just because somebody got a, a word from the Lord one time, they think they're prophets. That doesn't necessarily mean that. A prophet, listen, a prophet is a special call. A teacher is a special call. Not everybody can teach. Everybody can read out of a Sunday, you know, a Sunday school quarterly or, or, or how many understand what I'm saying? We have a teacher in our Bible class doing a great job. And she don't like to go by those man-made books, you know. <laughs> no, that's good. I told her she could do that. Amen. She asked me permission. Brother Clarence, do you mind if I detour a little bit? <laughs> I said, no, just get back on the right road, you know. <laughs> but we, but listen, not everybody has the ability to teach. 
Not everybody has the ability to sing. I just do it because I'm up here and I'm the boss. <laughs> but the day of miracles is not over. And it didn't cease when the apostles died. So the, the summary, the, the, the thing that the question is, how long will we hold the deed to the land that the enemy occupies? How long will we hold? We've got the deed. This is our deed. Amen? How long will we hold on to the deed before we go in and rout the devil out and possess our property? Hallelujah. And this is what Joshua asked. How long will you neglect to go out and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? He has given it to us. He has already given it to you. Why are you sitting here? Why don't you go get your land and enjoy the blessings that's there? See, God wanted Israel to receive all that he had provided. That's one thing about our Father. He wants every, if you're a good parent, you want every, you want your kids to get everything that you could provide for them. In your ability. And as the children of Israel finally moved in and began to take possession of the inheritance, these seven tribes, for some reason, failed to go in and get their inheritance. For some reason. I can't think for them. It doesn't really say why. It just says they just failed. They just didn't go get it and do what God said to do and did not receive it. So, and the same problem exists in the church today. There's a lot of God's people who live in substandard lives because they haven't taken hold of the promises of God. Listen, this word is our guideline. This word is our title deed. This word is the will of God. And as we begin to take this will and let him, let him begin to execute the things that he's given in his will to us, and we go in and possess the land and take what God's given us, guess what? We're going to begin to see God take over and do things. We're going to see what it means. To see God drive out your enemy. Hallelujah. Listen, sometimes we've been, the enemy has just camped in our house too long. <laughs> we've let him camp in this city too long. Did you know who should be in charge? God's people. Now our nation's capital is filled with atheists and people that don't want anything to do with God. They got there because people put them there, voted them there. Now I'm not going to get into a political message this morning, but we need revival. And you know how we're going to get it? We're going to get it when God's people stand up. And thank God there's some in the Congress and some in the Senate that are standing up for God. Hallelujah. And they're getting fed up with this nonsense of killing babies, and some of them are standing up and voicing it. And yet there's many in there that's voicing their uh, disagreement, you know, uh, fought, you know, against those that don't want it. And they're, they're saying, oh, no, we've got to have it. We've got to have population control. 
Well, I don't know if that's, you know, let's get rid of them. That'd be good population control. <laughs> now, to possess their inheritance meant that these seven tribes had to go dispossess the enemy. To, to receive their inheritance, they had to get the, the enemy off their territory. I don't know about you, but this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. We got we got to get we got to get serious with God. I remember Brother John Osteen. He 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 did a lot of missions trips. I mean, he did a, a lot of missionary journeys and trips, and and uh, he was getting ready to go. This was before he started pastoring there in in uh, Houston. But he was getting ready to go on his trip uh, to uh, I think he was going to India. And he said every time that he had a mission trip to go on, that uh, the devil would attack everybody in the house. His wife would get sick. His daughter, daughters would get sick. His sons would get sick. His dog got sick. And it happened every time he'd get ready to go. How many knows what that is? That's just the devil. So he was getting ready to go on his trip one time. He said, look, he got his family out there. He had five kids and his wife and their dog, Scooter. And he said, look, they had a, they had a couple of acres of land there in Humble, Texas, where they had their house built. And he said, we're going to walk the perimeter of our property. You get behind us like a choo-choo train. He said, I'm going to be the, the engine. <laughs> And I think he let his wife be back there and be the caboose so she could keep all of them in line, you know. But they walked around the perimeter of their property. And they started pleading the blood of Jesus over their property. They started declaring the blood of Jesus over their property, over their bodies. And they started putting a perimeter there against the devil and said, You cannot cross this boundary because we're protected by God. And they marched around. Their neighbors looked at them. And they was out there just going, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo, like a choo-choo train. And they marched around that property. And by the time they all got there, all the kids and everybody was praising the Lord. All of his kids are serving God, by the way, you know. And But the thing is, he went on his trip and nobody got sick. Praise the Lord. The devil was trying to hinder him from going to preach the gospel so multitudes could receive the word and multitudes could receive healing and miracles. But God was wanting him to go, but the devil didn't want him to go. So we've got to dispossess the devil off of our territory. Listen, this church has got a bloodline around it. Your house has a bloodline around it. What you have has a bloodline around it. There's nothing wrong with getting in that card and saying, I plead the blood of Jesus over us today as we go. There's nothing wrong with saying that. The blood of Jesus is there. And you know what? Even if you forgot to do that one day, the blood of Jesus is still there. The protection of God. Because we got our confidence in Him. Our belief and trust in Him. And so we got to dispossess the devil. Get, get rid of, get him off. <laughs> 
The, the, the land belonged to the children of Israel rightfully, legally. It was theirs. By right of inheritance. By promise. That property was theirs. <laughs> but it was occupied and dominated by the enemy. Now, somebody said I'm a strong preacher in faith. I, I don't mean, I, I don't want to be a condemning preacher. How many understands what I'm saying? I want to be a strong preacher of faith because I want to preach it so strong that you're going to get mad at the devil and just step up and put him under your foot and say, devil, enough's enough. I'm going to take my territory. I'm going to take my land. I'm going to take what's mine in the name of Jesus. This is what God's wanting us to do as believers. Let's just do it. Amen. Now, With this question that Joshua asked these tribes that didn't go in and take their land, he, he asked them pretty sternly, Why haven't you went in and possessed the land? You know, sometimes we got to get stern. We got to get stern. We, we, you know, I'm not talking about getting mad and holler and scream. But I'm talking about being stern and being steadfast and be immovable and stand on the word. Stand on what God says. Amen. <laughs> Listen to Joshua's word. How long will you neglect? How long will you neglect to go in? How long will you hold off? How long are you going to wait? What you waiting on? <laughs> the Lord's already promised it, and these other tribes have already got it. Why are you not going in and taking what's rightfully yours? That's what he was asking them. The land had been given to them. But it was their responsibility. See, it was their responsibility. Now listen. Salvation has been paid for. That's not too hard for people to do. Confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. I believe there's a lot of saved believers that are not inheriting and receiving their full inheritance in what God's given them. I believe there's a lot of Christians that die prematurely because they didn't possess the land. Amen? Now, that's not bringing condemnation. That's not bringing condemnation to nobody. That's not condemning anybody. But what I'm saying is, we have a responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's my responsibility. Don't blame the preacher because you didn't get it. I'm pretty hard-skinned, so it doesn't hurt me. It don't hurt my feelings. But don't blame the preacher because you didn't get what God said was yours. I'm just getting what I'm saying this morning. And I hope people in Facebook Live, our congregation out there, they're getting it. Listen, don't blame somebody else for you not getting what God's already given you. God's blessed us, amen? Now, what Joshua was asking them, how long are you going to hang back? How long are you going to stay here? Put off possessing the inheritance that God's given you. How long were they going to be lazy? <laughs> I shouldn't have put that word in there, but I did. It's in my notes. How long? <laughs> did you know some people just don't want to put forth an effort to study? 
Some people just don't put, want to put forth an effort to pray in the Holy Ghost until you pray through. Y'all still with me? I, I used to, you know, as a kid growing up, I heard that term all the time. We prayed through. I didn't understand what this says, Sister Claudine. They prayed through. You know what I'm talking about. See, there, there's praying, and then there's praying. There, there's praying some prayers that you've heard people say, and, and, and you've memorized some prayers. There's praying, but then there's real praying. I'm talking about that praying where you travail in the Spirit. I'm talking about that praying where you get in that closet of prayer and you just moan and you groan in the Spirit. I'm talking about that prayer where you take authority over the devil and say, Devil, you're not going to take me out early. You're not going to take my family out early. You're not going to do that because I am praying in the Spirit. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, praying is important. we got a prayer room back here. We ought to hear some moaning and groaning going on before church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I don't get here in time to go back here and pray. Well, you need to. Listen, prayer is important. That's not what I'm preaching on, but it's good anyway. But Joshua said, how long are you going to be lazy? How long are you going to be self-preserving, fearful, unwilling to engage the enemy and take the land? How long are you going to just sit there? And there's a lot of similarities in the Old Testament story and the New Testament promise. By inheritance, the land belonged to them. By inheritance, this land belonged. Why? Because they were Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, God promised Abraham that land when he came out of the land of idolatry he was living in. And God said, this land is your land. I'm going to bless. So by inheritance, the land belonged. But now, number two, they must forcibly take possession of it. But yet, number three, they were slack to take possession of what was theirs. Slack. Look at Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ hath redeemed us. Now I want you to notice here. Christ isn't going to redeem us. Christ isn't going to redeem you when you get to feeling like you're redeemed. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Look at Galatians 3 verse 29 on down the verses just a little bit. If you be Christ, how many is Christ today? You belong to Him. And if you are His, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So as it was then, it's today. Our enemies, our enemies keeping us from our inheritance. And we must be willing to fight for it. Hallelujah. 
I said, you must be willing to fight for it. I gave this testimony here once. We first, we'd been traveling in some ministry and we'd moved to Conroe and started pastoring. And, uh, the first, the first week we'd moved into Conroe, we found a house, God provided a house for us and we just moved in, bought it and purchased it and, and, uh, but there was a young lady about 24 years old that died with spinal meningitis. Just suddenly it just came on her just like that. They rushed her to the hospital. Of course, by the time she got to the hospital, she was gone. Spinal meningitis had hit her so hard. And, of course, that had happened. I knew the husband. And, in fact, he became one of my board members of the church. And he's still a good friend of ours, still going strong for God. We prayed with him and consoled him, and he got a hold of the word later. You know, I mean, he didn't blame God. You can't blame God. Blame the devil. Let's blame the person that did it. Amen? And But just a few weeks after that, my daughter came down ill. And... She was just, I mean, she was sick. And she was really sick. And we prayed for her. It didn't seem like nothing was happening. You ever done that? You, you prayed and it seemed like nothing's happening. But you see, you don't, that's what the devil wants you to do. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> you didn't feel that lightning go out of your hands when somebody, you know, you didn't feel that tingling go down your spine. Or, or you know, all kinds of things the devil will tell you. Finally, I called the, the doctor's office, got the nurse, and uh, I was telling her the symptoms, and this is her reply. She screamed, My God, get her in here! She's going to die! And when she said those words, something struck my spirit. I got mad. And I said, No, she will not die. She will live. And I put the phone down. I got my wife, Carol, and we went in there and we laid hands on our daughter. She was only about four years old. And we laid hands upon her and we declared the word of God over her and said, Devil, you're a liar. She will not die. She will live. And we rebuked the devil. And our possession was healing. See, our territory was healing. Our territory was a miracle. That was our territory that God has given every one of us. And we said, No! In about five minutes, she was up. No sign. She'll be 50 years old next year. That makes me old. Because I was 22 when she was born. (laughs) But you know what? She's still going strong. She still remembers that even as a child. What am I saying this morning? The devil's a liar. Amen? We're redeemed. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. Now, a lot of reason that God's people are cheated out of their inheritance is because they don't know what belongs to them. They're unfamiliar with the terms of the will. That's why you need to get in a good Bible teaching church that believes the word, the truth. 
Don't get in there and get in somebody. Well, if it's God's will, no. I don't want somebody praying for me. If I'm sick, deathly sick, I don't want somebody, well, Lord, if it's your will, he'll. No, I want somebody to say, devil, get off of him. By the stripes of Jesus, he was healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And don't shout me down because I'm doing so good. <laughs> but we're the seed of Abraham. Can you say amen? So, many believers, they just, well, the Bible said this. From the days of John the Baptist in Matthew eleven twelve. From the, uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Hmm. How many is ready to take it by force? Amen? Take it by force. Get mad! Listen. There's a scripture that be angry and sin not. This is a time you can be angry and sin not. Get mad at the devil. Shout at him. Demand that he get up. I, I was, the devil was trying to steal from me financially one time. And I'll tell you what, it was just everywhere in the world, the devil was trying to just keep money from coming in, what we needed. And, and I was driving down the road one day and I just got so mad. I started screaming at the devil. I started screaming at the top of my voice. I was at a red light. I was just, devil! I said, you get your rear end off my money. I might have used another word. I don't know. But you get the drift. And I just screamed it. We had church that night. Went to church that night. And in the middle of the service... The lady that was over the prayer ministry there, she she was a prayer warrior, I tell you. And she stood up and she said, Pastor, tell him the pastor. She said, I just got something I got to say. And she turned. She said, I got to tell Brother Clarence this. Brother Clarence, I was in prayer for you today. And the devil, the Lord spoke to me and said, the devil has been sitting on your money. I said, Hallelujah. He ain't no more because I told him to get his rear end off of it. Hallelujah. So he can't sit on it no more. And you know what? That next day, boom, the floodgates opened. People started calling. I was getting ready to go on a mission trip. And people started calling. Money started coming in. I mean, just we had more money left over than what we needed. Hallelujah. Because, listen, the devil doesn't want the gospel to go out. But we got to get to the place where we take it by force. Get mad at the devil. You're not going to sin by getting mad at the devil. Praise God. Just good preaching. Look what Hosea 4, 6 says. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Look what he said, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I'll also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, 
I will also forget thy children. Is that what the Bible says? I was going to see if this screen said the same thing that one did. (laughs) But God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. How many of you ever went to school and you had a test coming up? (laughs) You know, you had this big exam and you get all that stuff and you cram for that exam and you memorize. Y'all, y'all getting what I'm saying? You memorize the answers that you need for those questions. <laughs> but you know what? That's not getting the knowledge. Because after the test, you, you ask me what I just put on the test. I don't know. I just memorized something. See, knowledge is understanding. Knowledge is understanding what God says and understanding what God is telling us. And knowledge is saying, yes, I believe. And it's not going to disappear out of your mind because you've got that understanding. I want to tell you something. There's scriptures in me that come out when there's a crisis. It just comes out because it's in us. We have that understanding. You've got that understanding too. And that understanding is in you as a believer today. Amen? Praise God. Now, a lot of Christians, they live, uh, they're not willing to engage the devil and fight for it. A lot of Christians are just not willing to stand up. Devil's convinced many that it's not for us here on earth. Well, I know God done some great things for me 30 years ago, but I don't know if he'll do it for me today. No, 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 no. We, we got to get that thinking out of us. What is it? Sometimes get rid of that stinking thinking. Amen? God wants you to be blessed. That we have songs like, <laughs> now listen, there's some songs that's um, inspired by God. And then there's some songs, I don't know where they came from, but on Jordan Stormy Banks, I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. <laughs> Y'all know the song? We stand with a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. Now, let me just say this. Heaven is going to be much greater than this earth. Heaven's much greater than this earth. Heaven's much greater than anything you can see or have in this earthly realm that we're in. Amen? Heaven is great. When we get to heaven, it's going to be perfect. And I believe that we can look forward to heaven and possibly this writer was saying that in this song, that, you know, that heaven. But you see, don't wait till you get to heaven to enjoy the inheritance that God has for us here. Amen? Heaven is going to be the perfect healing. Perfect health. Perfect everything. But while we're on this earth, we've got to get up and take possession of the territory of the land that God's given us. And He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. By His stripes we are healed. By His stripes we were healed. 
Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. Isn't that what Jesus said? These are the teachings of Jesus. This is what the Lord's telling us. Now, God's not hitting you on the head because we're going through a sickness. I went through a little bout the other day. The devil tried to attack my body. I told my wife. We were out somewhere, and I, 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 I said, I just don't feel good. I, we need to get back to the house. So we just, I just, you know, I, just, I don't feel good. Now, listen, you know when you don't feel good. How many knows when you don't feel good? Your body tells you you don't feel good. But I felt something happening and coming on, and I said, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to receive it. And we didn't receive it. Did it happen just like that? No. But in just an hour or so, I was up and doing better. Hallelujah. Because God's Word is truth. God's Word is truth. Amen? And I'm still here strong. Somebody said, what'd you take? Nothing. I mean, I might have took some vitamin C. That's okay. How many of those vitamins are good for you anyway? <laughs> but you know what? God's Word is truth. Can you say amen? Now, our possessions are not over in heaven waiting for us to die so we can go over there and get them. God has redeemed us, and we're in this earth right now. We're going to heaven. Every one of us, if we live our life allotted time on this earth, we will all leave here and go to heaven. I'm not saying we're going to live forever. We're, God, you know, our body, listen, did you know your body was actually created to live forever? Did you know even medical science tells us that aging is something they cannot, they cannot really fully explain on aging in a person? They can't re- they know it happens and they know some things that are happening, but they can't explain why. Our body was designed to live, it was designed to recreate itself all the time. But one day we're going to leave this body. This body will be put in the ground if we're here before the rapture. If we leave here before, die before the rapture. It'll be put in the ground. But you know what? That's still not the end of it all. Because the life of God, that resurrection life is still there. Now, we're going to go to heaven. I'm just not ready to go on the next roundup. Hallelujah. Now listen. It's ours. Can you say amen? We're Abraham's seed. Everybody say, I'm Abraham's seed. We're heirs according to the promise. And uh, the promised land uh, was not a type of heaven. There won't be no giants in heaven. There'll be no devils in heaven. There's no... uh, Lucifer's already been cast out with all of his rebellious angels. They're not going to be in heaven. Thank God they're not going to be in heaven. Because... There's uh, the promised land of the Old Testament was a type of our inheritance in Christ. This is what the promised land in the Old Testament. When you, it's a, it's a type of our inheritance in Christ. The Lord. <laughs> but God's good anyway. Can you say Amen? Now, look at Second Corinthians one verse twenty. For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. 
unto the glory of God by us. Now one translation expands a little bit. It said, God says yes, and we utter the amen. So be it. That's what amen means. So be it. So God says yes, and we utter amen. God says, by the stripes of my son Jesus, you were healed. We, uh, and we say, we utter that, and God's, God says yes, and we say amen to it. Amen to what God's already done for us. Can you say amen? So we just need a clear vision. Now, the devil's greatest fear is that we will discover who we are in Christ and what belongs to us and that we'll take possession of our inheritance. That's the biggest fear of the devil. The devil doesn't want this kind of preaching to go forth in all the churches. You know, I, I, I traveled many, 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 many miles preaching in England. I was there for two, from... 1987 till 2003, going over three, four times a year, four to six weeks at a time, preaching throughout the United Kingdom. I first started going to some of those churches, and you know what? Some of those little churches were running about four or five people. We'd go preach. God would do something. We'd preach the Word just like we're preaching right here. They'd receive it. And the next time we go, the thing would be packed out. I came Easter Sunday night, flew in from Ireland. I was over in Ireland preaching. Come over uh, to Birmingham, England, and flew back to Birmingham. Went to a church that Sunday night, Easter Sunday night, and and uh, went into that church. That thing was jam-packed with people, over 600 people in that little church. And they, we did a prayer line that night, and I mean, I don't know how many. There were several, two or three hundred people came through that prayer line. We just laid hands on them and believed God. But did you know out of all the healings, physical things that took place, the greatest miracle I remember that night was a little Jehovah Witness grandma coming up. And she was 89 years old. And she come up with her grandchildren and her, and her children. And, uh, and they brought her up. And they, they, they introduced her. And she was just smiling, tears streaming down her face. She had never been born again in her life, never been saved, never received Jesus Christ. And that night, she received the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember the message I preached. I preached on uh, in the Gospel of John where Lazarus was in the grave and Jesus stood at the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And that's what I preached on that night. And you know what happened? You see that dead spirit in her came alive because the Lord was there. But that was the greatest miracle I that I can even remember in that service that night. Because God's power was there in such a way. But the, uh, the devil knows if the believer finds out who he is. And they, and we start to fight. Didn't, didn't Paul say fight the good fight of faith? And we begin to fight. We, we're going to win. We're going to win. Every fight we get into, we're going to win. Every fight of faith, you're going to stand up. Uh, any enemy, the devil, anything the devil brings against you, you're going to be able to stand up and say, I am a winner. Be like Cassius Clay. Dance around like a butterfly. Hallelujah. <laughs> the devil tries to convince us there's nothing here worth fighting for. 
Listen, there's some people just give up. There's some people just lay down and give up. I want to tell you something. If God's put some fight in you, you need to stand there and fight. Praise God. I, I, listen, I, heaven's going to be for eternity. But if God's got something else for me to do, I want to stay here till he's through with me here. Amen? And you'd want to be the same way. You're not going to leave till God's done with you. Hallelujah. And devil, you might as well get ready. Because when I'm 120, I'm going to still be kicking you around. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's, the truth is our inheritance came to us through Jesus, his death, and he willed it to us. And it's for it's here right now for us today. I don't need money when I get to heaven. I need money now. <laughs> Y'all still with me? Amen. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't need healing when I get to heaven. I need healing now. Y'all still here? I don't need power over the devil when I get to heaven. I need that power now. And we've got that power right now. The church needs a revelation of what God has given and what belongs to us. Joshua realized that to get them motivated, they needed to see and get a revelation of what belonged to them. These, these seven tribes needed to see what God said and what God had done. And they needed to see it, and they did. Now, Ephesians, this is what Paul wrote to the church. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, everybody say that I might know, what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance are in the saints. And you, know, you know what Joshua did finally to those seven tribes? He said, you get you some men and you let them go spy out your territory that's already yours. Go over there and take inventory. How many knows we need to take inventory sometimes? Inventory. Listen, you need to take inventory of what God's given you. He's already given you healing. Everybody say, I have healing. He's given you your, your provisions financially. You got all that you need. He's given you the joy, which is your strength. He's given you the peace that passes all understanding, that keeps your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. So we have it. Can you say amen? Take inventory and see what God's given us. <laughs> if you don't stake your claim concerning the promises of God, and you don't personalize them, you'll never possess them. You know, it's one thing to proclaim and sing, He's the healer, but it's another thing to proclaim, He's my healer. It's one thing to proclaim that God can do anything, but another thing to let Him do anything for us. It's one thing to say God's a great provider, but it's another thing to say He's my provider. And He'll do what I need Him to do because He is God. Amen? So it's time to stake our claim. If you don't know what the promises are, and you don't personalize them, and stake your claim 
concerning them, you'll never experience them. We got to personalize this thing. I know God's a healer because I personalized it when I needed healing. And for my daughter and different ones, we, we've, seen, we've seen the healing power of God. One day, like I said, we're going to lay down. And, and listen, when it's God's, God has the expiration date on us. That's one thing I've learned. God has the expiration date. I don't have it myself, but God has it. And when God says, come home, you know what? That soul is going to leave here rejoicing because they'll be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. But a lot of people miss out on their inheritance. And it's true in our case also. Look at, look at Ephesians 1-3, and I'm going, to, I'm going to close here real quickly. Paul has taught me to learn how to be long-winded here. Let's see. He hath blessed us. Everybody say hath. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Peter 1, 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given it to us. Second, I mean, first Corinthians 3, verse 21 through 23. Therefore let no man glory in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the word or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.27 To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So today, in conclusion, He has, a Colossians 1.13, He has, everybody say He has. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5.21 For him, for he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He became what we were, so we could become what we were not. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.13.14, one of my favorites. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. We're already redeemed from the curse of the law. Spiritual death. We don't have spiritual death no more. Praise God. We don't have that. We're, we've been delivered from poverty. We've been delivered from sickness. Praise God. Listen, we have it. Listen, i, I tell you what. I'm, I'm ready for God to just completely overhaul us all. Wouldn't that be great? Somebody said, boy, you're talking out of your tree down. But First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed. We were healed. Luke 10.19, Jesus said, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
Ephesians 1, 15 said, Therefore I say, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what are the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, far above all power, far above all might, and far above all dominion, and every name that's named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of uh, all in all. And according to Ephesians 2, 6, We've already been raised up together. And He's raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. The world can't give it to you, but God got it all for us. Amen. He's already done it. The world's saying there's a lot of truth in it. That's what the world has to say. And it's a lot of truth in it. But anything worth having is worth fighting for. We need to fight for the things of God. Whatever God's promised you. Is yours legally. It's yours. You're not out of turn when you say, God, I need a healing. You're not out of turn when you say, God, I need provisions. You're not out of turn when you say, God, I've got this situation. You know what? God will just come in and just turn that thing. He'll turn the storm. He'll calm the sea. He'll muzzle the devil. <laughs> Praise God. But it's ours. It's up to us to stand up in faith and in the power of the Holy Ghost and say, it's mine. Lift your hands and say, it's mine in Jesus' name.